chaos crew. They're vibrant and kind, super queer and fun too. Marvelous misfits trying to find their way. Determined to make it a chaotic good day with me. Hey, 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 chaos crew. This episode includes scenes involving mild language, abandonment, financial hardship, hunger, anxiety, comedic implied references to violence, rejection sensitivity dysphoria, mild injury, driving anxiety, and a very mild vehicular accident involving damage to a vehicle. You'll also find food, a stubborn demon elf, and many chaotic good queer shenanigans here. The crisis had been averted. Dave and his unwholesome shenanigans had been dealt with, and I had the names and addresses of each person he'd stolen from, as well as proof to show his boss to hopefully get him dealt with properly. I had the cash to redistribute to the affected residents. I'd pickpocketed the check so my parents wouldn't have to pay his false fees either. Tom had been given a taste of his own medicine, with my well-deserved HOA is where boring people go to die sticker I'd slapped on his car stealthily. And Papa Kev did not forget his garden gnome in the yard. I'd say goodbye to my treehouse, and all my siblings were back in the car, abuzz with conversation about trying to flip over Dave's cruiser and how epic that had been. Finley, hun, it's really time to get going, my mom had reminded me. I hugged Brady one last long time, already trying to discuss with him plans for when we could see each other again, because it was the only way I could bear leaving him behind like this. I, I hoped he'd make a last-ditch effort in a cinematic movie-scene style, grabbing me by my wrist just as I was about to turn and walk away, or release me from our hug only to cut my face and vow he was going to move to my new town soon. But he did not. We parted from the hug and said one final goodbye, which I chose to cut short when I nearly started crying. I didn't want to cry in front of Brady. I didn't want to make him sad. I waved goodbye to him and got into the moving truck, which was at least halfway filled with plants. I pulled it out of the driveway, trying to force my face not to cry. I knew that if I looked back in the mirror at Brady, at any of the things I was leaving behind, both the good and bad, I would likely not be able to keep it together. Scratch that. I would start crying. And I did not want to start crying, because there would be nothing good inside the moving truck to wipe my nose on, and it would be hard to see where I was going so I did not look back. I headed off down the road, and shortly thereafter, onto the highway, which is what I'd follow for most of the next two hours. My parents would be shortly behind me, but not directly following me. I'd never driven a moving truck before. I mean, I've been driving for a few years, but usually I just drive my mom's van, which is big, but it's much smaller than this truck. The moving truck was pretty cool, though, even if it was intimidating. It was really big inside. I've been thinking about how it'd be really cool to park one in the middle of the woods and just sleep inside the cab stretched out in those ribbed beige seats. If I stayed there long enough in the woods, I could transform the box into a little house and grow a tiny garden and have a pet opossum that I'd name Jim. You know how moving trucks have those paintings of animals or places or whatever on the sides of them? Well, this moving truck has a little picture of a tube-nosed fruit bat on the side of it, which makes it at least 100 times cooler. If I had to drive the moving truck, this was the absolute best one. 
My dad was going to go with the one they were trying to show us, which just had a picture of a plain gray rock on the side. But then I saw this one in the distance and started jumping around with excitement and urgency until the employee asked me what I wanted, and I said, Tube-nosed fruit bat! And the employee was like, oh, What are you talking about? So I started explaining to them what tube-nosed fruit bats were, and where they lived, and what they were like. I don't think the employee really wanted to hear about them, but like, if they have a truck there with a tube-nosed fruit bat on the side, they should at least know what they are. So I continued shamelessly. Most people have never even heard of tube-nosed fruit bats. And that makes me sad. They're the very best type of bat. Dang, I wonder what my bedroom is going to look like at the new house. My grandparents' house is pretty big, all things considered. They only had three spare bedrooms aside from their own bedroom and their office. My parents were getting their old guest room, my sister's an old spare room, and my brother's an old room that used to be a second office. My parents offered that if I wanted, I could share a room with my brothers because since I came out as non-binary transmasculine, I was much more similar to them than my sisters. But they also took into consideration the fact that I was the oldest by an entire decade, and considering both my past and my personality, that other sleeping arrangements could be made if necessary. Maybe you could sleep in the attic, Dad suggested. I used to play up there when I was a kid. Oh, heck yeah! I screamed, and then I started bouncing up and down and sprinted away to burn off my excitement. Not only would I have my own room, but also a weird one. I'd always wanted a weird room. To be honest, it made me feel a little bit superior to my siblings in a way which I very much enjoyed. While I may have had to leave my treehouse behind, and I was still very, very sad about that, at least I was going to have a weird bedroom. Weird bedroom, weird bedroom, weird bedroom, I chanted to myself quietly. That was something worth looking forward to. A bright spot in the ocean of anxiety and stress and sadness that I was feeling. Something good to focus on. Weird bedroom, weird bedroom, weird bedroom. been driving for only 45 minutes when I realized I was getting hungry. Between having to load all the stuff into the moving truck earlier and then the whole <laughs> adventure with Dave, I really wanted some food, especially because I still had a pretty long drive ahead of me. That sounded like a good idea. I started thinking about what kind of food I wanted to get. Was I in the mood for sushi? A big ice cream cone? A bowl of potato soup? I knew that was sounding really good. Oh no. I didn't have any heckin' money. I didn't have any cash in my wallet. Like, two days ago, I did have some money on my debit card. But then I spent my last dollar buying a Not Wheels card that was shaped like a hamburger. Which was worth it, but I didn't have any money on my debit card now. And both my credit cards were maxed out. Just ignore it, Finley. Ignore it. Pretend you've eaten. Distract yourself by organizing your list of favorite species of bats in your mind, and then you can get food once you actually have money. What comes second after tube-nosed fruit bat? I muttered to myself. I turned up the music louder, trying to distract myself from this new need. Think about what sort of mushroom you would like to live inside. <sighs> this wasn't going to work. I needed food. Technically, I could wait to eat. But when I get hungry like this, a lot of times it triggers my anxiety, and then I start dissociating, and dissociating while driving moving truck would not be any fun. It's intimidating even as it is, and dissociation sucks. Hey, Barry! I yelled at my phone because I did not want to look away from the road while driving the truck. Barry says hi. What can Barry help you with today? 
Where's the ramen? Barry does not understand the question. I want ramen, Barry. Calculating directions to ramen, Italy. No, Barry. Give me directions to ramen near me. Now playing the song, Ramen, Hear Me, by Beans. Barry, please search maps for ramen restaurants near me. Calculating directions to nearby ramen shops. Finally. I followed the directions which Barry begrudgingly gave, and about 10 minutes later, pulled the moving truck into the parking lot of the designated ramen place, very carefully, and parked off to the side. I still didn't have any hecking money, but I was filled with hope. Shoot your shot, Finley. Can't hurt to ask. I got out and went to the ramen shop, which was called Easy Ramen. I hoped their Easy Ramen was also cheap and that they would take pity on me. There was a satyr lady behind the counter. She was wearing a red flannel shirt with the sleeves rolled up, eyeliner, song for his high top shoes, and had a bisexual pride pin, and an enamel pin with a cat on her shirt next to her name tag. Welcome to Easy Ramen. My name's Michaela. What would you like to order? Hey, uh, do you have any free ramen here? Free ramen? Yeah, um, I'm having some troubles with my move today, and I didn't know if that made me eligible for just a little bit of ramen on the house. Oh... All our ramen here costs money. Uh, is there any non-ramen here that is free? No, we've only got ramen. Oh, I don't have any heckin' money. I'm sorry. I went back outside, crestfallen. I had never been defeated by ramen before. Never. Wait a second. I just noticed that there was a pawn shop next door. It just said pawn shop in traditional pawn shop font, but an idea was forming in my head. A minute later, I walked into the pawn shop. Hello. Welcome to the pawn shop. I'm Eddie. This looks like the kind of place where rad deals are found in every hidden corner, I said, trying to compliment his shop. It's really not. What do you want? Oh, I'm not here to compliment your shop. Good. I'm glad. I'm here for, uh... Special business. Everyone is these days. I doubt you're actually here for special business. So, what do you want to sell? With a flourish, I removed my watch from my wrist like a magician pulling a potato out of a hat. Ta-da! I shouted. It's a watch. Yeah, damn right it is. It's a watch so boring you can change a... Uh, you know that type of boring older man who seems like he hates anyone who doesn't look and act exactly the same as he does? The type who stares at you funny in public establishments just to show their disapproval when you're wearing like a cape or something, as if they think you care what they thought about it in the first place? This watch can turn them into stone. How does it do that? See that washout looking painted pair? That's how. If the pair was vibrant, it'd be a different story, but... That's where its power comes from. No one is gonna buy this. I bought it. Only a clown would buy it. Oh heck, time to bring out my backup item. But I was still gonna take the clown part as a compliment. Well, you're a clown to take me as a clown because this item was just the test item. You wanna know what I'm really here for? This. It's a brick. I slammed it down on the counter. With a snail painted on it. 
Yes, but you know what a brick with a snail painted on it is good for? Sinking things that you don't want to resurface again. I mean, one won't do it alone, but feel it? This is a nice heavy brick. You get a couple of these bad boys and boom! Why is there a snail? The snail adds a unique cutesy element to the brick which will set any uh, projects maybe that apart, you know? Eddie stared, trying hard to keep a poker face, but I could see that sweet, sweet glint in his eyes. Uh, I'll do a dollar fifty. Hey, my dude, the brick alone has got to be worth at least a dollar. And look at the artistry on that snail. That is a nice snail right there. That is a nice snail. Two fifty. <sighs> you wouldn't want the thing to float to the top because you were one brick short, would you? Three dollars even. Or I walk. No brick. You really know how to speak my language. Okay, it's a deal. I took the three dollars, he took the brick, and he never had to be any the wiser to the fact that the brick was one I picked up from the parking lot and that I'd drawn the snail on it behind the side of my moving truck with a sharpie. I left the shop quickly, hoping I hadn't accidentally sicked the whole mafia on me, and went back into Easy Ramen. Michaela was still in there, waiting. She didn't really look amused. I have three dollars now. What can I get with three dollars? Nothing. Our cheapest bowl is five dollars. Dang. I couldn't go back into the pawn shop again. I'd already made a deal with the Mafia once today, and two deals could really be pushing my luck. What if you take out all the toppings and just give me the ramen? I mean, with all that meat and veggies they show in the picture, that's got to be a bulk with that price right there. Could you do three dollars then? And then for good measure, I added, I want you to be able to at least make some money rather than having to refuse the sale altogether. And then I made a look at her like a sad baby moose, kind of like that one emoji. I mean, I guess we could. Okay, let's do that then. We could throw in one piece of a vegetable too. Can I have a singular mushroom then, please? Yep, you got it. Ramen bowl, no veggies, save for one singular mushroom coming right up. She didn't ask how I got the money, which disappointed me just a little bit. I didn't, I didn't want to tell her, but I did want to be all mysterious and secretive about it. She made the ramen and handed it to me. It was beautiful. A little ramen nest with a solitary brown mushroom smiling up at me from the takeout bowl of warmth. I thanked her, then quickly got back into the moving truck to get back on the road again, this time with a side of ramen. I set the ramen down on the seat next to me, then reconsidered it and decided to seatbelt the bowl of ramen in. Now it would be safe. It was too hot to eat at the moment, so I was just going to have to chill on the seat for a bit before it was edible. I seatbelted my own self in and pulled it out of the parking lot, headed for the highway. But orange cones lined the roadway like judgmental garden gnomes, and there was a big glaring detour sign pointing in the direction I would rather not go. The city was doing road work here, so there was no way to get on the highway without taking the detour. Oh heck, I cursed, looking up at the ceiling of the truck and trying not to cry. I was so exhausted from putting all the stuff in the truck and everything it took to even prepare to move in the first place, and fighting Dave and trying to outsmart Tom. I missed Brady so much and was wondering what he was doing now without me and if he'd forget about me now that I was out of sight, out of mind. Everything I'd known about my life had changed so quickly. Everything I depended on was gone or uprooted and I did not know what the future held for me. And I'd bargained with the Mafia and negotiated ramen and succeeded. And now this. 
delay, which would likely make me late for returning the truck, and then my parents would be mad. My grandparents would be mad by having to pay the late fee. Finley, calm down, I said to myself. The detour has little signs. You've taken detours before, and it's always turned out fine. Yes, it's because you pulled off the highway to get ramen that you're now faced with this detour, but it's normal to be hungry after everything you've done today. But I feel like a failure because my choice is likely going to make us late. Yeah, but you can't do anything about that now other than follow the detour and hope for the best. Resigned to my fate, whatever it would be, and slightly reassured that I could handle the detour, I started following the detour signs. Wait, no. I was still freaking out. I needed to call Brady. Hey, Barry, call Brady. And for once, Barry did not fight with me and did what he was told. Calling Brady. Hey, Finley. Is everything okay? No. I made a deal with the Mafia and negotiated the price of ramen and now I'm freaking out. Is the Mafia after you? No, no. Not a deal like that. It's a long story. I'm just so anxious. I have to take a detour in this moving truck, which I'm already freaked out about driving. I'm so scared I'm going to mess up. I gotta go to a work meeting in like 10 minutes or else I'd talk longer, but... Do you remember the time you made me go hiking in the woods because you wanted to find opossums so that you could see what they look like when they sleep? And we got lost? And you had to make a compass out of the bottom of your shoe and some weird magnets that were shaped like coffee beans with faces and a sewing needle? Yes? We'll be like that. It's an adventure. You always have some wild plan up your sleeve. You can make this work. Not that I'm the kind of person who'd get put in that type of situation, but you negotiated with the Mafia and a ramen restaurant today. I could never do stuff like that. You really think I got what it takes? Yes, Finley. Sure do. Thanks, Brady. I hung up the phone feeling much better. I drove for a few minutes until I came to the highway entrance ramp that the detour led me to, where the road merged from two lanes into one. Everything was going well, until suddenly someone came swerving out from behind me in the fast-ending merge lane, trying to cut me off at the very last second. I blasted my horn at them, but they still didn't seem to care. It was either hit their car, or let myself get run off the road a little bit. Not off the road, but to the edge of it where I'd be almost driving in the grass. I chose the latter. Here we go! Oh heck, I said, turning the wheel sharply. Everything in the truck tipped sideways a little, including my cup of ramen. Oh heck, I said louder as the ramen started to burn me. I may have been driving on the edge of the road with ramen burning my legs and wetting the seat beneath me, but I did avoid hitting this absolute stinky coprolite who tried to run me off the road. Ha <laughs> ha! Oh no, tree branches! Heck, 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 heck! I slowed down and pulled over alongside the shoulder and put my four-way flashes on and got out of the truck carefully to see if anything had been damaged. Shining in the sunlight were three long scratches from the tree branches along the edge of the road to scrape my truck. Scratches I'd only gotten because of having to avoid that accident. The scratches went right through the illustration of the tube-nosed fruit bat. They had scraped off most of the tubes. Oh heck. I was still more than an hour away from my grandparents' house. And now I had a damaged moving truck, which they had charged us even more for because I broke it. How was I going to fix this?
Episode 2 of Finley and the Chaos Crew was written, directed, produced, and edited by Ashley Kraft, who also voiced Finley. Barry was voiced by the default text-to-speech voice Microsoft David. Michaela was voiced by Sarah Dillinger. Eddie was voiced by Jason LaRock. Brady was voiced by Kai Ben-Shahar. Introduction and end credits read by Casper Oliver. Theme song written and performed by Ashley Kraft. Songs in order of appearance were Mermaids, which was written and performed by Sox Whitmore. Generate by Fred Mugg. Ask and You Shall Receive by Ashley Kraft. Road Hazard by Blue Wave Theory. Warm Nights by Lakey Inspired. Bluesy Vibes by Doug Maxwell and Media Right Productions. Casting was done by Ashley Kraft and Amanda Noriko Newman. If you've enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star review on your favorite podcast website, recommend us to your friends, and support this project by using the links in the episode's description. This series is produced as part of Thesperience Productions and Freedom Meadow Media. Thank you for listening, have a marvelous day, and have fun being yourself.